When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Lon, I don't have any... (laughs) intro <laughs> i'm not <laughs> sure if you do but i thought we can get into this because we have a lot to talk about yeah i just wanted to ask you really quick what do you need help moving in <laughs> <laughs> i'm just trying to help <laughs> i know i have trucks i just, I just thought you guys might need some help <laughs> i got an extra <laughs> maybe she said it too sexy like i got an extra truck bed <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys use an extra truck bed? <laughs> I mean, but seriously though, what do you think about that? Because you want to date a 27-year-old. You have to be a strong person. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be I, you have to be secure, right? Because an innocent conversation like that shouldn't turn you into a green-eyed monster, is what I'm saying. You know, like she was already being salty during the dinner or whatever it was that they were having. You could already see her mood was changing. Even before that scene or after that scene, before it got supercharged and everyone at the table was already focused on her. Even before then, if you look at her body language, she's already like disengaged from the conversation. You can already see that it's impacting her, you know, and that's the insecurity, like you said. I think she read too much into it. I think the friends that were at the table also agreed she's just really trying to help like chill out you know but she was threatened she was threatened she was insecure she read way too much into it the girl she's cute i'll give her that she's cute but sometimes cute people can be helpful that's (laughs) completely within the realm of possibility so like dude give that girl a break was already being salty during the dinner or whatever it was that they were having you could already see her mood was changing even before that scene or after that scene before it got supercharged and everyone at the table was already focused on her even before then if you look at her body language she's already like disengaged from the conversation you can already see that it's impacting her you know and that's the insecurity like you said i think she read too much into it i think the friends that were at the table also agreed she's just really trying to help like chill out but she was threatened she was threatened she was insecure she read way too much into it the girl she's cute i'll give her that she's cute but sometimes cute people can be helpful that's <laughs> completely within the realm of possibility so, yeah like dude give that girl a break man she was being helpful and the thing was there are other ways of letting people know But she was so obvious when she was like, she's asking if you need help. You know? I know. It's like a threat or something. Like, yeah, it was a threat. And Zayed was like, he's trying to read her. Like, what do you want me to say right now? You know? No, but he He read her right away. He said, like, oh, oh, no, no, thank you. I uh, I need help. I was like, what? Right. 
it wasn't super right away because she had to repeat again. Like she repeated it yeah. sterner, you know, do you need her help, you know, or something. And I was like, dude, like, you know, people are watching you right now. Yeah. And the, that's when the table was like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think she was using his religion as an excuse? Yes. Right. Yeah. Like, her, his, she's his hiding religion. behind it. It's not cool. Religion, um, his his background. I think there were two comments she made about it. Oh, it's different where he's from. And then yeah. And then she said uh, when they left already, she said something to him. Oh, women are are different here in America. I forget how she phrased it, and I was like, yeah, that's a good thing, you know, that he can actually have a conversation with women and not be punished for it here in America. So, and apologies if I'm speaking ignorantly here that obviously that's not what I mean by saying that he can't speak with women freely. I'm just saying the way she had phrased it was dumb and that if anything, it should give him more of an excuse or more freedom to be speaking the way he was. The yeah. Way he was. No, I get what you're, where you're coming from, Lan. I think right. back in Tunisia where they're very strict there, he won't be able to consort with another female. Consort. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, the very stringent Muslim culture there is such that, you know, women have their section. They're not supposed to mingle with men. In fact, when I was vacationing in Morocco, you know, me and my friends, we were sitting outside a cafe and we had a lot of weird stares from men and then little did we know that we were not supposed to do that because only men can sit outside the cafe and <sighs> kind of hang out because women who do that are seen as prostitutes. Oh. I think things might have changed, right? I mean, society changed over time. and mm. But this was like back in 2008. We made the mistake of, you know, the three of us from Singapore just thinking like, okay, we'll just sit outside here, you know, at the cafe and the... The next thing we encountered was that a lot of men were like looking at us funny and we thought, okay, something's wrong. And then our tour guide was like, yeah, you, that's that's not, (laughs) culturally only men do that. Not that women can't, but it's like culturally, that's how it is. So that's why I said back in Tunisia, I bet he's, yeah, he wouldn't consort with women that are not his friends you know but i think rebecca is probably using his religion as an excuse she's just jealous you can tell oh my god totally if anything though i'm glad at least for me by the end of that conversation i think that at least the group of friends at that table walked away with a positive more of impression of impression right Right. yeah Yeah, there and more of a negative impression of rebecca okay he's actually a really cool guy rebecca you need to chill the fuck out (laughs) but remember lan he's their age if anything they would relate to him than rebecca she did mention that she yeah that was another reason she felt insecure is there was no one at that table that was her but those are her friends right that was her she hangs out with younger daughter her daughter and her boyfriend and their like their friend that the uh, cute blonde chick is their friend. So, yeah. It was a good idea until she actually got in there and was like, oh shit, we got a cute girl here. <laughs> I know. Okay, who do we want to talk about next? I was thinking, I kind of like to get Amira's situation out of the way. 
Yeah, which doesn't involve a mirror on the last episode. Did she appear in the last episode? I, I think it was like briefly, but yeah. Anyways, the reason I want to get it over the way is because I don't have much to say about it. I'm over talking about him. <laughs> okay, let's let me ask a question. And we can get over this. Um, do you believe that he had all those things prepared for her at his home? Like, was it set up by his mom? You think, or did he genuinely like prepare like a like a welcome kit? You know, welcome to the U.S. kit. You know, with a new iPhone and the bear and like all this, you know, romantic gestures. Yeah. To me, that seemed set up. At least it, it seems set up to me. Everything about him seems staged. Everything. So when I saw that, that also seemed staged to me, you know, and uh, he made a comment that like, oh, I've I spent so much money on these trips and so much money on on this thing. And he said he did that as a preface, you know, to say, I've exhausted every outlet. And I'm like, you didn't. We fucking know you didn't, though. <laughs> that was like the biggest lie. <laughs> yeah, I will exhaust every outlet available to me. No, you, you know, didn't. <laughs> you didn't, though. And you had the opportunity to, and you didn't. So I was just like, ugh, eye rolls, you know? I know. And why Serbia? Like, seriously? I know. Yeah. The memes are fucking off the charts right now about Serbia. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe him taking a boat or whatever. I don't know. But everything about him comes off disingenuous. And yep. I don't believe any of it for a second. I think he stages a lot of things. I think he tries his best to look on camera, present himself well on camera. But us and a majority of people see through all of it. Yeah, totally. Any well, thoughts? <laughs> oh, but him? No, he just needs to wear his mask <laughs> yeah. <in> public. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, anyway, uh, Stephanie and Ryan, what do we want to say about? There's there's a lot we can talk about. I want to say okay that okay no you save us you save us. Okay, I just I just want to say, and maybe we can you know branch off this, or we don't have to. I just want to say that the longer I started to watch them, the more I started to think maybe Ryan isn't that bad, and maybe she's the crazy one. I, <laughs> and I was like, well, I dude, feel bad for thinking read, this, but <laughs> you read my mind because yeah. I'm going to ask you, and this has come up a lot in the internet: is Stephanie a sex tourist? Because she's looking like it, you know, like yeah. she kept talking about the intimacy. Again, nothing wrong with wanting sex, you know, that's human nature. But like, I have to question her motives, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, I mean, she seems like she's trying to control him. It does seem that right? way. Yeah. yeah. Through the money and stuff. Yeah. And I understood what he was saying. I understood what he meant was if it's from the heart, it's from the heart. It's bad form, I guess, to be texting the mom and saying, hey, you know what I mean? Uh, And I don't know the exact text message that was sent. Apparently, it said something like, I guess she was expecting a thank you or whatever. And the mom said, yeah, thanks. It could have been a, yeah, Yeah, thanks. Or maybe maybe there was more to it. But either way, the fact that you are expecting or texting somebody and then I guess she asked for the money back too. That's kind of rude. But uh, again, other ways, right? 
things like that make me question her intentions and her, her motivations behind that. And I get it. She works hard for her money. I'm not saying she doesn't have the right to feel a certain way about it. But the questions about whether she was a, a sex or a tourist or not really made me question my own double standards, right? Why wasn't that the first thing that came to my mind when this couple was introduced? Why did it only become a thing when it was brought up and I had to reevaluate it? This show and the reason why I watched it in the first place was because it does teach me certain things. And if anything, this couple made me step back and kind of reevaluate my own biases um, and double standards when it comes to women sex tourists or women who have the position of power, I guess, in these relationships. Yeah. Women from developed countries looking for men in underdeveloping countries. Case in point, during my time growing up, and Lon, I mean, you might be able to talk about this too, or maybe you might even second my opinion here, but a lot of people know about the Indonesian island of Bali. That's like a mm-hmm. lot of tourist destination. When I was growing up, there was this known fact that Japanese women would go there to look for Balinese men. So it sort of reminds me of Stephanie going to like a Caribbean country like Belize looking for men like Ryan because they know they have control over them in terms of economics. Sugar mama. Yeah, sugar sugar mama. Yeah. (laughs) And it's transactional in a way too, right? Because like, okay, I support you and your family and in return, I get pleasure or whatever, right? Or I get you as my boy toy my arm candy or whatever, right? You're right. I also evaluated why I didn't think of her as a sex tourist. Whereas with Big Ed, it's like immediate. It's almost immediate, right? Because here's a guy from the US almost preying on a woman from the Philippines. And he's acting in a manner where he has control over her and he's dictating what he wants and He's trying to get something out of it, you know? Right. So this is a really good exercise in like, you know, gender bias, I guess, or whatever, yeah. right? or stereotypes. Do we want to talk about Stephanie's OnlyFans? We can. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts? Because I know you almost want to buy <laughs> For research purposes. For research purposes, For yeah. Legitimate. <laughs> Legitimate. Y'all, uh, and I'm sure if you're listening to our podcast, you probably follow all the other 90-day accounts. But how do y'all feel about her OnlyFans? So for me, I can't hate, again, like, you know, sex work is work. That's where I stand generally on OnlyFans pages. I don't shame anybody for their OnlyFans. I do think it's interesting, though. I think it's very different from who she portrays herself to be on the show. I'm not shaming her. I don't think this is about shame. I just think, I just am surprised is all that you can have. Uh, you can be an entrepreneur and still be a freak. You can have, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm just like, I didn't think that, yeah, as a person who is of, you know, her entrepreneurial or businesses and all these things would send you a dildo video of herself. <laughs> 200 bucks or some shit. It's all, I didn't know that. <laughs> she drives think- a hard bargain though. It's like $200 <laughs> for like, what was it? Like a full nude or something? But Lon, okay, let me ask you this then. Is she taking up space from people who needs OnlyFans? Like, is she like a Bella Thorne? 
Uh, is yeah. she like a like a C grade or D grade Bella Thorne? Is what I'm trying to ask. Yes, I think you phrased it better than I did. I'm just surprised that this is an avenue that she's exploring. This is an avenue I think that she needs money from. Just leave it to the people that need this avenue for money, right? What Nadia is referring to, y'all, about Bella Thorne is there are people who use sex work to feed themselves and to feed their families. They need this money, whereas Bella Thorne doesn't. And when she gets on a site like OnlyFans, she's virtually taking away. You can make an argument that she's not, but there is the argument that there are people unlike Bella Thorne, regular people who do this to get paid to feed themselves and to make money, especially during this pandemic. And they have to face the brunt of of society, of being shamed for having an OnlyFans, of struggling with identifying themselves publicly and then being slut-shamed for it. Whereas people like Bella Thorne, oh, Bella Thorne has an OnlyFans. She doesn't have to face the negativity. And, And on top of it, rakes in millions for it. You know what I mean? It's kind of bad. Like, does she really need to do this when she's getting that TLC money, that 90 day fiance money? The writing money? Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, so yeah, I guess that's what I was trying to say when I was like, you know, I'm surprised that she's doing this because I I don't think she really needs to be. I don't think that's a space she needs to occupy, but I don't know. Maybe the struggle is real. I can't speak for that. We're all going through shit. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe she saw she saw all the other you know ninety day fiance only fans people doing it, and she she just needed to jump on it. Yeah, I mean maybe her business is affected by the pandemic, and she needs some sort of income, and she has a certain lifestyle that she has to you know maintain. So uh, yeah, I mean times are hard. Like you said, I don't want to slut shame her, but at the same time, like I kind of question why she did it or why she's doing it because there's sex workers that are genuinely using this platform to put roof above their head and to put food on the table. So I don't know if she's occupying a space that shouldn't be occupied. But anyway. Makes me think too, sorry, I know we're we're, we're talking at length about this. It makes me think too that it's part of that whole cougar mentality that we were talking about. She has this need Mm. to feel young, to Mm. feel attractive, you know, and I think all women obviously want to feel attractive, but with her, it's to, it's to a certain extent, right? Like yeah. this youthfulness and that she can still be found attractive by younger men. So I think maybe it feeds into that part too, that whatever ego or whatever she has about feeling that way, being that she's a cougar. So anyway, let's move on. <laughs> let's segue to OnlyFans since we're talking about this topic. Did you know that Paul wanted to charge his only fans eight dollars for watching his wife Karini give birth. I didn't know this. Dude, he's exploiting her. I mean, again, I don't know if she's okay with this or she gives full consent and if this is how they're earning money now that they're no longer on the 90 day fiance roster, but oh my god, that's sad. Yeah. To charge people to watch your wife give birth, like that's kind of low. That's very, that's very low. So while we're on this OnlyFans, um, <laughs> I think I sent you and uh, Miriam the screenshot of her polling her fans if they wanted to see a sex tape of her. Yeah, poll. we talked about this <laughs> episode, and I'm like, why? I mean, it's why do you guys have to resort to this? Like, why? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, 
Oof. <laughs> Don't put Wait. that mental imagery in my I head. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, imagine like Paul wearing like a full on like human condom. Like yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's not let's not let's not let's not poison people's minds here. Are we ready to talk about Tarzel? I mean, it's a sad scene, I would say, right? Her being very helpless that she yeah. can't do her son Harry's having a fever and I'm glad so here's a, I felt I felt it was a bait and switch I think I think Ooh. that's the term yeah you know, or a false lead whatever red herring I think that TLC wanted to play with our emotions right. and that he was, he was okay it makes me wonder though about the entire thing whether the entire thing was staged he was fine and oh drink a shit ton of orange juice I'm like why did you make Dex. us why did you make us feel this way? Yeah, like we're scared. Oh, he might have COVID. Like, you know, it, it made yeah. me step back and go, is this what is this what y'all are doing to us? And if it was a genuine thing, I apologize. But it made me just go, man, he was okay the entire time. What they infer is that he could have fucking COVID. You know, I'm like, that's what y'all want to do on DLC now? So I was kind of, you know, I, that rubbed me the wrong way. And I was like, man, fucking TLC, man. Yeah. <laughs> this show, dude, they shouldn't do that shit. But who knows? Maybe it was a genuine thing. Maybe she was really scared and all that. But that was all I had to say about that. I genuinely believe that she would feel helpless if that was really true, right? If her son actually is not feeling well, she would feel a certain kind of way. She would definitely be in that state. And that, to me, was believable. I have some tea about Tarzel, in particular the, the tar of the Tarzel. <laughs> the tar of the Zell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, did you know that Tariq filed for Chapter Thirteen recently? No. Yep, he owes Uncle Sam a lot of money, and they almost came for the house. It's not chapter 11. I think chapter 11 is like you're truly bankrupt. I think chapter 13 is when you're, and you know this, Lon, right? Um, and a lot of our listeners probably already know that if you declare chapter 13, you're planning to pay back. But upon paying back, I think the IRS might repossess some of your belongings. I think <clears throat> from what I've read, the house is not affected, but a lot of his classic cars are being repossessed and a lot of his uh, hip-hop records or something. <laughs> his hits. His hits. Uh, you know, royalties from his hits. I, I mean, I don't yeah. know, but apparently, yeah, he just declared bankruptcy. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Maybe we're going to see Tarzel OnlyFans now. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just going to OnlyFans. Damn, TLC, what's, what's going on? Y'all ain't paying well? This is why we fight for a fair wage, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Get Bernie on board on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, um, don't let me find out they're not being paid. Damn. <laughs> he did report something about his TLC money amounts to $17,000. So I don't know if that's considered a lot. I mean, that's not Darcy money, but still, that's a decent chunk of change, I guess. Not, not everybody can be the queen. Queen, exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of queen, what did you think about Yara's clapback when Jovi's parents tried to like... I like that shit, dude. Right? 
I I totally like gain more respect for her every yeah. episode. Seriously, like I think she may appear annoying at first. I have to admit that, but I can see what she's about right now, and I I can respect that. I can respect once her you, realness. Once you, once you like synchronized wavelengths, and then you're on her wavelength, yeah. all of a sudden everything's like, wow, this girl's actually really she's smart, cool. making a lot yeah. of fucking sense. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that way too, and it was funny because. It was hella slick how she kind of slid that in, right? Yeah. It was just enough where everyone understood it. If you were listening, you caught what she was saying. And then it hit the parents like, wait, what are you trying to say? (laughs) And I I was like, yeah. And, And she said it in a way where... Oh, but these are just stereotypes. They're just they're just stereotypes. Yeah. It was so clever, but so like to the point that like, whoa, did she just... They had no comeback after that. <laughs> they were like, uh, yeah, I guess you have a point. Yeah. Like, you know, the stereotypes about Ukrainians are the same. Yeah. yeah. It, it could have been like, you could have jumped in and said, wait, what are you? But she's just saying stereotypes. Yeah. You know what the stereotypes are? <laughs> it was so clever. And I was like, wow, okay, yeah, good one. <laughs> one point for Yara. <laughs> yeah, Yara won. Jovi's parents, zero. Yeah. <laughs> And the thing that always bugs me about these kinds of conversations, oh, you're going to take him away from us and we can't see our grandchildren. What the fuck do you think they're saying on the other side of the ocean? Yeah. It's the same fucking shit. So like, don't give me that argument. I get it. You're going to miss your son. You don't think they miss their daughter? You don't think that the opportunity to see their fucking grandkids because your daughter is stuck in Nolens or whatever? Like, how can you not see this from the other side of the ocean, you know? That's that so, double standards, right? Like Americans yeah. think like, oh yeah, you, you got to stay in America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Miss so me it, with that argument, you know? Exactly. I respect her for saying, I don't intend to stay here. Like that's not my dream to come to the US. I just happen to meet your son and he happens to be an American. I don't know about you, Lon, but I was definitely offended when the dad said, uh, you know, you can wear what you usually wear and think that you're safe. Why can society think that the problem is with the men and not yes. the women? Yes. You know, what's yes. wrong with us wearing certain clothing? We're not inviting people to attack us. It's what men think of us. Right? Right. That was so um, old you know, and traditional of yeah. him for him to say, y'all, fellas, it's 2021. We're not going to regulate what women wear. Fellas, it's our responsibility to regulate how we react right. and how we act toward that, right? If you're listening, fellas, we got to do better, right? And the comment he made on the show was, it was dumb. It's old, it, aside from it being old fashioned and outdated, it's just, it's dumb, right? We are in control of how we act. So it's up to us to regulate ourselves, not regulate them for wearing what they wear. Yeah. You know, (laughs) wake up guys. (laughs) So yeah, no, I made a note about that. I'm like, hey, (laughs) that's not her fault that you're a fucking pervert. (laughs) Okay, you old man. (laughs) Dude, he'd be checking her social media posts. She had to explain to him like, yeah, when I'm on the beach, I'll wear beach wear. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with you? If I'm on vacation, I'm going to wear what I want to wear on my vacation. Why do you think that I'm not going to wear a bikini walking down like Bourbon Street? Yeah. 
it's time. I, I think it's good that he did make that comment so that it can be talked about. Cause I don't think that discussion is had enough. You know, I think it gets brought up when a girl is sent home for wearing a dress that's above the knees. Then all of a sudden it becomes a topic of conversation because we can say, Hey, why did you send her home? Why didn't you discipline the boy and say, Hey, you should be fucking studying. Why are you looking at her knees or whatever the fuck the problem is that we have with women's knees when they wear (laughs) shorts or skirts that are above the fucking knees or whatever. Right. Like then it becomes a conversation, but like it takes something like that. Some dumbass remark that a guy made for us to point it out and, and call that behavior out and say, Hey, that's toxic masculinity. We have to check ourselves as men for viewing shit that way. And as a society for still viewing shit that way, that that's not, we need to be regulating men's ideas and how men react and not shaming women for what they wear. That's wrong. Yeah. Man, this could be a slippery slope of topics like the rape culture and mm, totally fashion industry. Anyway, that's, uh, let's keep that's that for why, another that's time. Why, that's why I love our show. I know, right? <laughs> we talk about the real shit, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lon. Last couple. I think we have a lot to say mm. about Natalie and Big Mike. <laughs> N- Natalie. Natalie. <laughs> Sorry, Natalie. Con- but- controversial. Controversial. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's cut to the chase here. Are you shocked that Big Mike said or asked if they're in love when? last season or the the last time they filmed them back in Ukraine when they asked her point blank like are you in love with him and she said oh that's potential like she didn't say that she loved him so why is she surprised that he why does he need to confess first is what I'm asking Yeah. yeah wasn't this the very reason that they fought in the first place when he gave the ring no wait when she gave the ring back on that season they were asked that question and they were sitting together. Yep. And I think she couldn't say it. She couldn't say it, yes. And that's what pissed him off. It culminates to that. Yep. Yeah. It culminated to that. Yep. Yep. So I'm like, wait, are you forgetting that you did this? That you said the same shit? Because she was surprised. She was like, it hurts hearing that he doesn't love you or whatever. And yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Are you forgetting then that you did that? Or, you know, because you did this. So if anything... Maybe this was his goal the entire time was to make her feel how he felt. I felt this way since the beginning of the season when I saw how he was acting, that he's punishing her or that he wants her to feel a certain way. And I think this was the moment that he was looking for. This part where, yeah, I don't know if I love you. And now you feel how I felt a season ago, two seasons ago, wherever, where you weren't sure if you want to marry me. That's where I'm fucking at. I don't know. And it might take another 90 days because I don't know if I love you. You know what I mean? And and now she feels it like, oh, I love him though. So I, I think it ended the way where he wanted it. He navigated it to this moment. And part of it wasn't even intentional because I don't think he really did. I don't think he really did want to go to counseling, which yeah, I thought was a dickhead move. I, I, I was really siding with Natalie on that yeah. and going, she's fighting, man. She's fucking trying. If she's going to give 50, you, you got to give the other 50, you know? So I thought that was a dickhead move, but then he caved in later on and it culminated in the, in what it culminated in. So yeah. I think he wanted this, this moment to happen, whether the path that it took to get there was, was intentional, you know, is, is, is a different conversation, but I think he wanted her to feel that definitely. 
it's kind of petty though. Like I it get is. it, you're hurt, but now you're just leading her on because she's trying. She really wants to seal the deal, but you're just playing hard to get. You're punishing her. You're leading her on, and now I can't help but feel bad for Natalie because she's really trying. Yeah. But at the same time, like I cannot forget what she did to him when they were in Ukraine. So I get it. I get where he's coming from. But I wish he could just cut his losses. Either cut his losses or just give it to her straight. Like, hey, look, I'm hurt. I'm not ready to tie the knot with you. Maybe this visa thing isn't a great idea. Maybe we can redo it or something. I don't know. I mean, I think... It doesn't make sense to redo the visa because he, she might not get approved the second time. But I don't know. They're at a very strange place right now. Mm. But but we know the outcome. We know <laughs> they the get outcome. Over it. And did you see those um, posts about people speculating that she might be pregnant? Like she she looked no. like she's put on weight. You know, oh. facial weight. I mean, you know, <laughs> facial, facial weight. Indicative <laughs> <laughs> of like bun in the oven type of weight. Nothing wrong with that. But sharing people... a beer with Mike. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, that that would be a different pooch. Yeah, that's yeah. a different that's a different weight right there. Yeah. But I think people starting to speculate that she might be pregnant. Be. Which, if she is, I'm happy for them, and I hope. I mean, I've been saying this every podcast, but I hope that they've worked out whatever they need to work out mm -hmm. and that whatever that we're watching right now is either scripted or it's something that they've probably a hurdle that they've gotten over hopefully yeah i think it can work out it's hard to see it now but i at least can see how much natalie wants this to work out i'm still on the fence where he's at he really looked like he was not in love and that he was nowhere near being close to that so it's a surprise every time you know we reiterate that we already know the outcome of this yeah because it's very surprising yeah the whole couples therapy thing for me was a tough watch because i i've actually been through like couples therapy and i've been on that couch and been asked those questions and what do you want to say to her you know and what do you want to say to him and and bringing it back to that why are we in this and you know, and having having that conversation and just kind of touching on the truth of the matter. And it came down to that question. It's because do we still love each other? That's really what you're trying to get at when you get to that. And if you do, what are you going to do to bring it back to where it was or move forward and all that stuff? And when he was like, I'm just not there. And bro, Natalie was like, <laughs> here's the thing, bro. Were you wearing a Bluetooth headset, though? <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe he had an important call to take. <laughs> you know, man, during therapy. Let's hurry this up, guys. I gotta. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I'm not sure if you've been seeing all the memes, but people have been yeah. saying like nothing says emotionally available like wearing a <laughs> during couples yeah. counseling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I uh, wish them well as usual. You know, I know she's crazy and he can be difficult, but maybe that's why they're compatible. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Lon. Yeah. Do we have time to talk about free Britney? I have time if you have time. <laughs> I have time. I'm always game to talk about. Hashtag free Britney, y'all. <laughs> talk about 
It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> it's Britney, bitch. So y'all, the Patreon is still up. The episode about Free Britney. If you're not up on the Free Britney movement, um, you can always just type hashtag Free Britney and get caught up. The short end of it, obviously, I'm just going to skim over it to catch up anyone who's not caught up, is uh, there is a movement to Free Britney from her conservatorship, which is so a legal binding, I don't want to call it an agreement, but it basically restricts her from doing a lot of things. It, it also controls her financial assets, which is currently going to her father, Jamie Spears. Yep. Um, and it's, it's supposed to be enforced on people who cannot make judgments for themselves. It's supposed to protect them because obviously if they can't make these judgments, people can take advantage of her, which is the irony of this whole entire Free Britney shit, because I think people are. I think people are taking advantage of her. But it it goes beyond that in that it dictates where she can and can't go. She can't make phone calls um, without being supervised or something like that. There's all kinds of fucked up shit about it. And she's been in this conservatorship for a very long time, despite having obviously a residency in Vegas, having successful albums, being a judge on America's Got Talent. That's the whole problem. Whereas if this is to protect somebody who's unable to make decisions, you know, they compare it to dementia for someone having dementia. We all are witnessing Britney thriving and winning and being successful. So why is she still under this conservatorship? So that's it in a nutshell. But She's back in the news because there is a new documentary out. You can find it on Hulu or I believe FX. FX might have it too. So you might be able to catch it on demand if you have FX. And it uh, it goes into the Free Britney movement. And not just that, but also what I found interesting was the psychology of it and the way the media and the public, myself included, um, I, I walked away from- Ourselves included, yep. Ourselves included. <laughs> I walked away from that documentary re-examining how I treated her and how, how I approached the situation. And it's a really good documentary. I highly suggest it, y'all. It's it's called, um, what is it? Framing, Brittany? I highly suggest it, y'all. The, what I walked away from it with was that I don't think she was crazy at all. And when when I watched the documentary, Nadia, I started to see it from a different lens. You know, and I'm I'm a normal guy. I would like to think I'm a normal guy. And if paparazzi were fucking with me every single fucking day and wouldn't, and when you see the footage and you see how she's like in the corner of a restaurant, backed into a table, and everyone's in her face, no one giving her space. I'd want to hit a motherfucker too, y'all. Like, you know what I mean? I want to take an umbrella and hit some cars yeah. too. <laughs> and they explained that. She didn't pull an umbrella out of her ass and attack a vehicle, okay? She was in the middle of a custody battle with Kevin Federline, and this paparazzi was, like, asking her about it. Hey, I'm just going to I'm just gonna ask you a few questions, Brittany. And she's trying to, like, figure shit out. She's trying to lose him, obviously. She goes to Kevin's house. He's following her. You know, he just keeps following her everywhere. They go to a gas station. He shows up. They go to Kevin's house. He shows up. So, dude, leave me the fuck alone. And if you're not, I'm going to hit you with your fucking – you know what I mean? So – I get it. And I go perfectly normal reaction for somebody who's like following your ass. So it made me take a step back. Again, you see the magazines, you see a, you see a crazy photo of her hitting a car and you jump to conclusions. But you know, when you take a step back and take the context into um, consideration, you're like, that's completely normal. And then people were like, Oh, look, she's driving with her baby. And then she describes it like, dude, paparazzi were on my ass. 
there's a child seat. Uh, what am I going to do? Like buckle him safely into the child seat while paparazzi are surrounding the car, banging on the windows. I got a fucking baby. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to, to expose him to this. So yeah, she's going to take the risk of driving home. So I, I kind of get that. Is it the safest move? No, but we see a picture of her driving with her kid and we're like, fucking Brittany's a lousy parent. And and we jump into these conclusions. So at least for me, having watched this documentary framed the entire thing and I'll, I'll admit, maybe there was a little bit of mental health issues there, maybe a little bit, but I give mental health a bit of credit because obviously that's super, super, super important. That's a huge deal surrounding conservatorship to begin with. So obviously that's the big deal. I'm not trying to dismiss mental health issues, but I also want to say that coming away from the documentary was like, dude, she was just a normal person. That's a celebrity. And because of that, she was harassed and we framed her differently and we jumped to conclusions especially when documentary gets into the breakup, obviously, and I see Justin in a whole new light now, <laughs> which I didn't <laughs> before. Obviously, I, I saw him as problematic, but now even more so. So I, I mean, I don't want to bogart this conversation. Go ahead and give me your, your two cents there. <laughs> yeah. And Lon, I think this same paparazzi today interviewed him and they asked, did you try to help her? And he's reaction was oh well if she asked for my help i would have helped her but dude this is what's crazy about that whole paparazzi chasing her down is that any photo that they get of her and correct me if i'm wrong long it's worth millions of dollars and for the life of me i was just trying to reminisce during that period like why was she the most chased after celebrity and i think us as a society, we kind of are complicit because we like to watch train wrecks, mm-hmm. right? We want to see more of Britney Spears and we want to see her downfall. It's almost like masochistic of us in a way. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, and I totally regret this. This is my rant on Justin Timberlake. When Justin and her broke up, me as someone looking from outside, from outside looking in, excuse me, I thought it was her fault, right? Because of the whole insinuation that she caused the breakup. And Mm -hmm. it's so easy to pity Justin Timberlake. He really ran with that. Like he really exploit this speculation that it was her when I don't think that it was her. If anything, if I had to make up a reason for why they broke up is because he was jealous that she was close to Wade Robson. But that's another story and another angle altogether. But like he exploited that and ran with it. And he went on radio shows saying that, oh, yeah, I you know, tapped yeah. that, you know. Yeah. And then people got really curious uh, with Britney. Like, is Britney a slut? You know, we're all questioning her motives and why she's with Kevin Federline. And it was just a downhill for her after that, right? Because if you think about it, the more she's seen looking crazy by the public, the more that doesn't add to her favor because she's you know at that time during the divorce she's in a custody battle with Kevin and oh I guess she lost it if I recall correctly she had to pay him out which I think she still is in a way and she lost custody too because I guess Kevin was able to prove that okay this mother is not stable enough for her kids so I feel like yeah we were all fascinated by Britney and we didn't see her as a young human being in need of help, right. you know, like we're guilty of seeing her as, oh yeah, she's a celebrity. She, she'll fix herself or like she's got money. You know, this will fix itself. I feel like we were so quick to take the men's side of things, right? 
I mean, after a while, when I really took a step back and examined like what went wrong with this whole situation, I was like, man, Justin's a real asshole for kissing and telling and for exploiting his breakup with Britney because yeah. it immediately launched his career. And we were all rooting for him to be successful, whereas Britney had to work doubly hard in order to be on that same level. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just got really angry thinking of that because it's not fair that he got away with murder in a sense. And it's the same treatment that happened to uh, Janet Jackson after that Super Bowl incident, right? Nipplegate. Yep. Like yep. he got invited to perform again during the halftime show, but yep. she didn't. Her career took a tumble. She never recovered. He gave her half-ass apology. And I think recently he gave another very PC apology to both Britney and Janet, but dude, it's too little too late. This yeah. women you've, uh, you've disintegrate, you know, like you've really, uh, that's not the right word. It's probably denigrate or something, but yeah, you've really stepped on them and really like kick them while they're down. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I like his music. I'm able to separate the artist from the person, you know, I, I like his music. I wouldn't deny that, but Will I be supporting it? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, uh, I don't know. It's, yeah. I think we can still hold people accountable, right? I yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah. We still can hold people accountable. And if holding them ac- accountable, if your way of doing that is not listening to his music, more power to you. I, I understand that too. So yeah. And you know, if anything too, it also makes me reevaluate again. Did I learn something from that? Like the person I was back then, I'd like to say is a different person now. So what can I learn from this experience? You know, and it's true. We tend to, I guess, villainize the women and the women have to live with a scarlet letter for their whole lives while the men continue being great, right? Or we paint them as great and as heroes and we celebrate them and stuff. What more needs to happen, you know, before we experience some kind of paradigm shift where we stop viewing things that way or the media stops treating it that way or we call out the media for treating it that way because our because our attitudes have changed yeah look these aren't the narratives that we want you know i think part of the justin thing was that he jumped onto it and controlled the narrative from the beginning oh absolutely yeah Yeah. so that he gave the media the story Here's how the, and the story media is. ran with it too. Yeah, right? and they yeah. ran with it, and that's the thing, right? And we yeah. consumed it without a second thought. Maybe that some w- of y'all out there did, and but for us, we just ate it up. So, yeah, that's the right way to say it. we ate it up. We thought, oh, he's a poor guy who's who was in love, and he got his heart broken. And Britney's this loose woman, and I wish we saw it from a different angle. The media has to take part of the blame too because they were the one who exacerbate the entire thing. They were the one who perpetuate this whole like train wreck that Britney was going through. And that's why any shot of her, especially upskirt shots, were worth millions of dollars. And that's not right, you know. And I'm glad that society has changed, you know, ever since Me Too movement. A lot more men of power are being called out, obviously, Harvey Weinstein. And I think most recently, Joss Whedon. And mm. yeah, I just wish that there were more people who are accountable for the crimes or the or insurrections that they caused. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we get we out, we out to get them. That's why we're out to get them. And that's why like 2020, 2021, 
the reckoning is coming y'all the reckoning 20s <laughs> the re- yeah it's it's coming for y'all and when i saw it when i saw the, the articles about justin the first thing i did was text my brother i sent him the articles and i was like 2021 we coming for justin it's, t- <laughs> it's about time man <laughs> we're collecting yeah <laughs> when, when this whole thing came about again i immediately thought of our conversation when we were working together right lon like when yeah. we, i told you like this is we're talking you, about this? Yeah. you were asking me like why don't you like justin Timberlake? Like, and I was explained to you. I was like, you know, and at that Culture point, was, yeah, it was like, you know, you you would. I was explaining to you, and you were like, oh, so he's a culture vulture. And yeah. I was like, exactly. Yeah. He thinks that he's accepted by people of color because he's like one of us or something, you know. When actually he's just being the man that he is, you know, getting away with shit, yeah. <laughs> you know. And that's not to say that Justin isn't talented or his music, you know, should be canceled or anything. I mean, he's he has a great catalog of music. I liked NSYNC. I would still listen to NSYNC ballads. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Justin as a person, though, like whatever he did to launch his career, that wasn't cool. And yeah. he benefited from it. He benefited yeah. from someone else's misery, someone yeah. else's struggle. And that's not cool. Yeah, no one's above being called out. And it's all about accountability. So yeah, like, again, I can, at least for Justin, I can still be a fan of his music and still hold him accountable for the shitty things he's done. But what about R. Kelly? See, yeah. (laughs) R. Kelly, Chris Brown, they're still Dude, there's a lot of people where like, when you listen to their music, you're like, Oh, damn, I don't feel good about myself now. <laughs> yeah. Michael Jackson is a tough one for me. Yeah, Michael that, is, me, MJ is tough, tough dude. Yeah. That's the tough one. I mean, again, like, you want to believe, but then you also want to believe. But then I think this is where I can say I can separate the person from their artistry, their art, right? The art is what they create, them as a person that's private, whatever they want to do, you know, they want to pee on girls or whatever. That- <laughs> That's their prerogative, but I, I'm not saying I'm I'm I feel bad that I laughed that I laughed at that. I'm sorry. I, know, I mean it's funny, but it's not funny. Like the reality yeah. of it, like how you you know, obviously. No, you but I, I mean if like, if the ignition remix plays on in the club, <laughs> I will get down to it. You know, yeah. it's tough. MG's music is obviously like classic. Speaking it's- of an artist and their music, so Sia now is in the news. You hear about no. That? no. Yeah. So she Dude, made was a, another one that people slut shame just because she called Diplo and asked if he wants to get freaky. You didn't hear? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, dude. What's wrong anyway, with that? Sorry. What was your tea? So I guess, I don't know if it was a music video or a movie that she made. And it was supposed to be about autism. And it, what it did, though, was it's like, I think it was well-intentioned, but it was fucked up the way they did it. It caricaturized autism and autistic people. And it was just very problematic. Mm. It was very cringy. So I saw stills of the video from somebody who watched the video so that we wouldn't have to. And it was a very good, I'll, I'll tag you in the post. They're like, look, do not watch this video. I feel bad that I'm watching it for y'all because I am contributing financially to yeah, the YouTube money, huh? Yeah, so I, like, so I feel bad. But I think if me saying this stops at least five people from watching this video, then I then I got to do it. But that's and, like free publicity yeah. because now we all want to watch the video. Now we all want to watch it. So yeah, so she she had these stills and like a small like second clip, and this person who doesn't have autism is acting 
uh, like an autistic person. But guess what? They're not acting autistic. They're acting as a characterized, over-exaggerated. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. Like, why did you think this was okay? Yeah. And it's, oh, you know, you know, the song or whatever the message is that, hey, our autistic people are people. And, and I get that it was well-intentioned. But why are you? It's almost like now you're making fun of them. Yeah. And obviously, if this video blows up then millions of people across the world are going to be singing this song and going, oh, look, autistic people, they move like this. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is so wrong. Like, how do you not see this, right? Let me take a step back. I think maybe the actress does have autism, but not to the degree that's displayed. That's so Mm. super cartoony Mm. and, and hyper. It's the Hollywood version. It's imagine a director going, that's not autistic enough. Up it, up it a little bit. And that's what it was. And not up it a little bit, up it a lot. And Ooh. that's what made it so problematic. Because it's there, art. Just, uh, <laughs> and now that's what people are going to do. When uh, that's not it's nice. just like, yeah, it's just like when people go eh, to Chinese people, right? Like that's what they're yeah. going to do when they see an autistic person. Oh, you must, you must do like this. You know what I mean? And I'm just like. I wish people could see you laughing right now. I'm gonna post this I'll make another so that idea. people will know what you're talking about. Anyway, I think we all will check out that video. I will, but I don't know if I want to post a link because if, if we're meant to not check out the video, I won't post the link. But I I'll think post the post that has like a five. Sure, like the, the, the the screenshots and just to illustrate yeah. what this is about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let me conclude here with <laughs> some things just don't age well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, you can show your support by leaving us a five-star review on Apple. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90 Day Fiance WTF. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Hey, shout out to our 1,000 Twitter followers. Shout out to Twitter followers. <laughs> no, we, uh, we just passed them 1,000. Yeah, on, on twitter so yeah pretty proud about that thank you so much y'all um listeners and um twitter followers for that and for your engagement you guys uh, are really active on the on twitter and uh that gives us a lot to be happy about so thank you so much thank you guys we love you Peace. I am